0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash.
1: What's going on, everybody? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Follow me, I'll follow you right back.
0: And then following him, we got Mr. Jake Wild. Say what's up to the people, Jake.
2: Yo, what's good, Heat Nation? You can catch me out on Twitter at WildDots. E at the end of Wild, two S's at the end of Thoughts.
0: And then following him, it's not Jimmy Butler himself, but still someone just as fun to have on the pod, Mr. Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy.
3: Hey, guys. Sorry to disappoint anybody. This isn't the real Jimmy Buckets, but this is Jimmy Buckets with four Z's on the end on Twitter. And give me a follow. I'll definitely follow you back. Go Heat.
0: And then, right after that, we got our female correspondent, Miss Angelina Martell. Say what's up to the people, Angelina.
4: What's going on, Heat vs. the World? It's Angelina Martell. You can follow me on Twitter, at Angie Martel with two E's for all your latest Miami Heat updates.
0: So now, without further ado, let's talk about the most recent game for the Heat. Uh, not too long ago, Miami did end up losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, snapping their winning streak. It was a very close game down the stretch. But after a few bad plays by the Heat, it resulted in a win for the Grizzlies. Um, How are we feeling? Who wants to start first? Flash?
1: I'll go. Um, The Heat just, specifically the Heat guards, weren't there the other night. Like, they just weren't there. Uh, Goron ended with six points. None had five. Hero barely scratched eleven. It was a quiet eleven. And it it. He probably had like two, three points going into the fourth quarter. At least that's how it felt. And then the Kelly Olynyk just get in foul trouble constantly. I don't. I barely saw any of him in the second half. It was. It was just a recipe for disaster when your guards can't really play that well. Um you see Kendrick Nunn's going on a downward slope once again. And when you see, when you look at the, the stat sheet between Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic over the last few games, they're kind of similar. And I find it kind of concerning that our 25-year-old point guard is playing just as bad as a 35-year-old aging point guard. That's kind of concerning to me. That's why I'm more worried about Kendrick Nunn than I am about Goran Dragic, because I know Goran will be fine somebody else that kind of disappointed was uh duncan robinson he he started off decent early on but just missed a few like a couple just wide open shots probably the most wide open shots i've ever seen him get in his career and maybe there's something to that little saying that maybe he was too open because jesus i i've never seen the seen a man get his own zip code and still miss like it was just a weird thing looking at him. Jimmy still doesn't doing Jimmy things. He he dropped his twenty four seven rebounds. His his numbers are down recently, but that's nothing to worry about. Bam is coming back up too. But late in the fourth quarter, you have guys like you're supposed to have the ball in Jimmy's hands. And you had a bunch of pull up shots, pull up three pointers when you didn't need three pointers. And it was it was just a mess towards the end of the towards the end of the game. Goran was pulling up for threes. Tyler was pulling up for threes. Jimmy really didn't have an imprint in the end of the game, and that's kind of worrying Bam. Again, not showing up in the end of the game when when he should. So, I'm concerned, but not really... It doesn't affect me that much, because I know what one, after a little bit after a little bit of practice everybody will probably get back into rhythm I know Jimmy isn't gonna take a loss like this lately when we only scored 85 points so I think we'll be fine
0: mm-hmm. And then before I ask someone else to continue um I just want to say keep in mind this was like a back this was a back to back you know and I know um five reasons when I they tweeted that this was kind of a scheduled loss for the heat. And to be honest, I kind of agree with that. You know, I feel like Miami can use this time to, you know, get some rest, you know, and just get ready for these next two games against Indiana. So with that being said, who else? Um, Jimmy, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree
3: with you. I saw that five seasons or five raises tweet as well and was gonna bring that up. Uh it did feel like a scheduled loss to me as well. I, I didn't expect Jimmy was gonna play. Uh, I was happy that he did, but I didn't think that he was going to play heading into the game. Uh, I just think the whole team was tired. They've just been on a long run. I mean, we're, we're still 11 and 13 over the last – I mean, a, yeah, we're 11 out of our last 13, over the last 13 games, and I think we're 15 uh, and five of our last 20. So it's still a good thing, nothing to worry about. We just Nobody really played good. Uh, I mean, Precious and KZ combined played 31 minutes – and went one for seven combined shooting with only five rebounds, one assist, one block, and two points. And that's for both of them. Uh, They didn't play very well, either one of them. And our guard play was way off. Uh, Drogic, none, missed a ton of shots. Duncan wasn't his normal self. Butler still was Butler. And I thought Max Struess played really good. I'm not sure why we didn't play him more. Um, The time he was in the game, he played well. So I would have liked to see him play a little bit more, but I don't think there's any reason, anything for concern. I know Jimmy said that he feels fine and he's ready to go moving forward. So um, hopefully we'll get um, Ariza for at least one, if not two, of the indie games, and Iggy back, and I'm not sure about Bradley, but hopefully we'll just get everybody back healthy and be ready to to move on with the rest of uh,
2: our schedule.
0: Mhm. Jake, what about you?
2: Yeah, honestly, for me, um, more. Of, <clears throat> I, I kind of agree with pretty much everything that's been said. I think the problem last night, we were we were just sluggish. Um, and we had a lot of empty minutes. I know that was mentioned, but, you know, KZ, 21 minutes, no points. Kelly Olenek, 18 minutes, 2 points. Dragic, 28 minutes, 6 points. None, 25 minutes, 5 points. I mean, that just doesn't get it done um, on any level. And it was one of those nights where... You know, if if any one of Drogic, Hero, Olenek, or Duncan just had a normal game, we would have won. I mean, we only lost by four, and everyone was pretty atrocious. Um, besides you know Bam and Jimmy, so it, it you know it's a tough it's a tough L. Um, obviously we we don't want to lose to the Grizzlies, but there's definitely merit to the fact that it was a scheduled loss. I mean, having to go travel to Memphis, you know, I think overnight. For coming from Miami and play that back-to-back, you know, they were just, they looked fatigued. So I'm, I'm definitely not worried about any of those games, anything that happened last night becoming a trend. Um, but, I, you know, there's a couple other things that I noted that kind of bugged me. Um, mainly, at the end of the game, um, when D'Anthony Melton just went off and got four offensive rebounds, I mean, the man is 6'2", and he, he was out-rebounding Calde Olenek like crazy. Um, I think I took a note that Bam came back in the game <clears throat> with with three minutes and 46 seconds left. I know he played 35 minutes last night, but, you know, in a close game, we just got to put him back in earlier. I, I know that, you know, we don't want to overplay him and it's a back-to-back. Totally get that. But, I mean, with him coming back with less than four minutes, I mean, at that point, a lot of the damage had already been done and Olenek was just getting torched. So I didn't love to see that. Um, but I, I agree with, 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 with what Buckets just said. I wanted to see more of Max Struess last night. And something that I think Spolster is actually very good at historically is sticking with the hot man. And if he sees a guy coming out there and he just doesn't have it tonight, usually he'll pivot mid game and, and kind of put him back on the bench and, and go with the hot hand. Um, last night, we didn't see that because if so, we would have seen a lot more of Struess and a lot less of, you know, maybe KZ and potentially Olinick. Um, but, you know, no, nothing I'm too worried about. I do think that once we get Ariza back, that's a huge injection to our lineup. Um, I know a lot of Heat fans were kind of, they were like, oh, you know, just 35-year-old Trevor Ariza. But that's not, that's not the way I see it. Um, he's got a ton of length. And, and he reminds me a little bit of Iggy, but a better shooter. So I think there's definitely going to be minutes for him. Um, I think, unfortunately, for a lot of fans, I think the minutes he's taking are going to be KZs. Um and I think that KZ's gonna have to earn his way back into it, but I do think at least in the short term, Ariza's is gonna provide a nice boost on the perimeter D. And you know, historically, shooting you know above average from three. I think his last season he played for Portland; it was around forty percent from three. So I- I'm expecting some good things. Looking looking forward to seeing him against Indy. Hopefully.
0: hmm And you know, um, you know, let's let's hold off on the Ariza talk for now because that's something. I feel like we could get deep into as we had progress with this pod. Um so but Angelina, what about you? How do you feel about this recent loss from Miami?
4: Well, I have I have to agree with everything everyone said so far because they're all very valid points as to KZ not getting any points considering the amount of time he played, O Kendrick Nunn, and I agree with Bucket's about Max Struess. Like, help being a key point in the game because he helped us, he helped tie the game at key points during like certain quarters, like when we needed it the most. So, that I felt that was a big contributor as well. And um, there were a few things to negatively take away, although I mainly want to focus on the positive, but just two of the things that I I also want to focus on was that. I don't remember exactly who was inbounding the ball towards the end, but Spo could have and should have called the timeout at that moment to like save us some time and just better it strategize. Bam. It was Bam? Oh, okay, so Bam. He inbounded it to Butler, I believe, and that's when he fouled it, and they had to shoot free throws, and that put us down a couple more points. So I feel like that was a mistake that he hasn't made. He, it's not the first time he's made it, so I feel like the issue with that is like the masks. I know that's not really a valid excuse, but it's something. But, and also the point where I think Bam rebounded it, not rebounded, I'm sorry, inbounded it a second time. He passed it to Hero, and he kicked back and tried to attempt a three when he could have easily just stayed in range and maybe just made a simple field goal to tie the game. But that, I feel like that also was another key factor as to why we lost. And even again, going for three would have put us in the lead and that would have been a huge moment in the game, like a game changing moment, literally. And but if the game would've gone into overtime, I would have been okay with that because that could have been a time where we really show out and just improve from there. But yeah, of course our normal two players that always go all out for us, Jimmy and Bam, they showed out at all as always last night. Robinson had a pretty decent game. But yeah, those are the only real things that can take out from it is just like you said and how like five reasons Said i feel like this went this loss i'm sorry this loss was purposeful knowing it was back to back and that this is just it's just fuel for next time for friday's game and just to prove ourselves and yeah that's all i really have to say about it Mm
3: -hmm.
1: hey Joel, can we can we touch on that end of game sets like segment because i think there's a lot to take away from that End of game sequence, basically the oh, the last two minutes or so.
0: Go ahead. I know because I know when I was watching that I was like, "What the heck?" So go ahead. This game was giving yeah, me great.
4: There's, the there's, hairs there's the yeah, hairs the there's the there's, there's, the there's a
1: lot, lot to take away from that moment, those moments. First, we can start with the inbound pass at the very end, where it was a designed play to Jimmy Butler for a lob. I don't see a problem with the play call at all, and I'm. I don't know, there's probably people that are going to be in the chat or listening to this that are going to call me a SPO apologist. I don't think it's on SPO to call a timeout in that situation. It's about Bam's decision-making, about well, he could Bam saying, the ball, okay, the lob happened. isn't there, you have a timeout in your pocket, Bam can call the timeout. I think it was on to Bam to call that timeout when he saw the lob wasn't perfect. The, I, I cannot, in good conscience, put that decision to not call a timeout on Spo. I think that's on Bam. Bam made a bad decision. Players are allowed to make bad decisions. They learn from it. He'll learn from it. And he'll get better. But I don't think Bam is not subject to be criticized because that was, to me, that was definitely on him. The other thing is, you have you're down by two, right? And you saw Goron, Tyler, and Jimmy take three-pointers. That tells you that they don't want to go to overtime because they're tired. It's a back-to-back. They, they had, I can promise you, I have zero sources, but they, he had no interest going into overtime with the Grizzlies because they were spent. You could tell by the end of the game they were totally spent. So not going to overtime, going for the win, and being okay with the result, no matter what happens, is probably what ended up happening in the end. And yeah, that's what that's my take on the end of game situation
4: that happened the other night. And another thing to add on what you're saying about how it was sort of Bam's fault about that. Hero was wide open for one of those inbounds, and he chose to throw it to Jimmy instead. So I feel like Hero could have. It, it was a, it was a design play,
1: yeah, and like like you said, it was on Bam. Bam needs to see. Okay, Jimmy's not there. Let me look at option number two. But Tyler, he gets fixated it? on one person. Yeah, he gets fixated on just this one person, and sometimes Bam predetermines what he's gonna, what pass he's going to make. It happens a few times when he does a little the slot pass off the top of the, not top of the key on the elbow for for a cutting man, and sometimes it gets turned over because he he predetermines whether he's going to do it or not and i think that's a part of his game he needs to fix
4: yeah no i agree with that 100 percent. like you said players learn and they grow from their mistakes and he'll most likely take the, pre- the previous game against the Grizz- grizzlies i'm sorry i'm stuttering. he'll take this game and look back at it and say what do i what do i not do next time and so he'll grow from it and not just keep doing what he's doing basically mm-hmm. yep
0: so you know, I mean, yeah, it was. It it sucks to see the Heat lose like that. But you know, moving forward, I um I have okay, sorry about that. Um, I have high hopes for these upcoming two games against the Pacers. And one thing that I'm really hopeful for, um, we don't know about the status of this player just yet. But as Jake brought up earlier, Miami got someone new on the team in Trevor Ariza. Now, to all those who've been sleeping under a rock, Miami traded Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round pick, which is a 12-year-old kid right now, for Trevor Ariza. (laughs) So, you know, I have a lot of feelings about this um, certain, um, what's it called, acquisition for Miami. Mainly because I've always wanted Trevor Ariza on the Heat. There's just something about him that made me thought that this dude was like a Heat culture type of guy. Um, but first, let me ask you guys, who wants to talk about Trevor first? Let's see.
3: I'll, I'll go and... Go ahead and throw my hat in the ring because I'm a huge Ariza fan. I've been I've been a fan of Ariza since the Rockets, the, the Blazers, <laughs> the other eleven teams he's played on in the NBA. I think he holds a record for playing for the most teams. But I know the Heat have always or not always, but at least a few years have been looking at Ariza. And I know Spo came out saying yesterday that you see, you know, that is a guy that they've respected and liked forever and thought that he would be a great fit as yeah, plays a part of the organization for what they're trying to accomplish in the short term, the long term. But he said that he thinks he'll be a big part. And I know that Bam and Jimmy have also come out and are, are very happy about getting a uh for, for the 3 and D purpose. Uh, I know that over the last five years that um, he's in the top five in uh, corner threes made only behind P.J. Tucker, uh, Danny Green, and Clay Thompson. He's made 382 corner threes the last five seasons, and I think he shoots around 40%. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, he, he's around a 40% three-point shooter. But his defense, uh, his experience, his leadership, I think it's a great pickup. I definitely don't think we're done and, and don't hope we're done, but I really, really, really like this pickup, uh, especially come playoff time. He's going to be a great addition to the good defense we're already playing. Uh, he has a seven-two wingspan, which is incredible. Uh, his wingspan, Iggy's hands, Jimmy's Jimmy's overall defense, and Bam's ability to play any position is really going to give people fits. Uh, fits come to playoff time. I can't wait to see it. So I, I think it's a really great pickup, and I can't see—I can't wait to see what else we do.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> the one thing you mentioned that's very crucial is his seven-two wingspan um that sounds like a guy that could probably uh, be a nice little kd stopper for us and yeah. you know i think that that's something pat riley thinks about i mean i think subconsciously you know when riley made the trade last year for for crowder and and also iggy he's thinking you know if this team's going to go all the way we need guys that can stop these great wings you know we're going to need a Giannis stopper we're going to need you know if we get to it a lebron stopper and it paid off i mean iggy actually played great defense on lebron um, and also part, for parts of the, the game's AD in the finals. So this Trevor Ariza acquisition reminds me of that, but it actually reminds me a little more of when we got Shane Battier, um, just a really high IQ player that has been on a ton of teams and seen a lot. Um, obviously, you know, Ariza winning that ring, and I think it was 08 with the Lakers. So he's got that kind of experience, big game experience, and he, he's just good. You know, he's a classic 3 and D veteran um, he's never scored over 15 a game, but his impact, it's, it's pretty crazy how big of an impact he will have. Um, just in spacing the floor, um, I do think that, you know, eventually, if we don't end up trading Avery Bradley, I think to see a lineup of Avery Bradley, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Trevor Ariza, and, you know, Iguadala that's a that's a pretty gross defensive lineup. I mean, we're yeah. trying to put the clamps on it. Certainly, if you need a stop,
0: Yo, imagine yeah, this. Imagine this game seven, Miami up by three, and you put that lineup out. You know, and you're over. trying to get a stop. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was nice. It's over. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something Spo is gonna absolutely love. It's a, it's a nice new toy for Spo. So I'm excited to see it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, uh Trevor Ariza is a spo type player. He's versatile. He can guard forwards, he can guard guards. He dude just does Let me ask you guys a serious question cuz does Trevor Ariza does everything that Jake Crowder did last year, doesn't he? Yeah, he, does. Does. he checks off the boxes. He plays defense, he hits threes, and he drives in better than Jake Crowder. So, hits threes better. Right. So I think it's a very nice acquisition. It's it's basically, last year, you touched on this. Pat Riley traded for Iguodala and Jay Crowder in mind to stop the best team in the league, which at that point was Milwaukee. And the trade got that done. We beat Milwaukee five games. Now the, now the team in, my, in Pat Riley's mind, I guarantee you, is Brooklyn. And having these players that can switch and do all these things is perfect because, sure, you can put Bam on KD, and that worked out really well at some points when we saw so, when we played. But you can't have Bam on KD for 48 minutes. You you got to have players that can switch in and out, and there's a seamless transition. You got to have Trevor Ariza could guard any of the three of uh, the big three of Brooklyn, just like Jimmy could guard any of the big three, and Bam can guard any of the big three. You need people like that. You need people that are versatile that can guard one through. At least one through four. Ben can do one through five, but you you guys know what I mean. So I I really like, and I think this Trevor Ariza thing, pick is very underrated. We only gave up we gave up Myers Leonard, which was for salary filler because we know he's not going to play a game in OKC. And you you know how hey Sam Presti loves his draft picks. Mm-hmm. He right now he's watching film of a twelve year old in the park.
4: <laughs> and he's saying, I'm gonna get that kid no in the second round. Middle school basketball team putting up like freaking. He freaking
1: said, "I'm gonna get that kid in the second round.
4: Let's I go." That one, that <laughs> like, one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we we really didn't give up much for Trevor Ariza and Myers. Let's say Myers without without the situation that happened a few weeks, like a week or two ago. He's just not available because he looks hurt. Trevor Ariza's available, and that's what we need on this team: available bodies. One problem with us uh, against the Grizzlies was Iguodala was out. And Iguodala has been a big part of the defense. And he's a very good player that creates offense off, off of his defense. And we didn't have him. So the fast break numbers probably dwindled down there. So I think Trevor Ariza does things like that. Another point I want to touch on is Trevor Ariza, again, does Trevor Ariza is a better player to me than Andre Iguodala. He's a better all-around player. Um, The thing that puts Andre above Trevor in some perspectives are probably the locker room presence, the championship DNA, all you want to say. But as a player, I think Trevor Ariza is just as good and better because he can shoot the ball better. And personally, that's me. I don't think the Heat are into that because they apparently are very high on Iggy. I think that makes Iggy an expendable player in in the trade. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. Right.
0: You know, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I've always loved um, Trevor Ariza and for Miami to pick him up, you know, it's great. And one thing people probably should realize is that it's funny that you bring this up, Flash. Um, you know, what people should realize is that this situation that this dude, Ariza, was in was kind of similar to what we saw with Iguodala. You know, like, both were traded to a team they had zero intention playing for, so they basically took the year, almost half a year off, basically. You know, Iguodala, when he was with Memphis, he took that time off, focused on himself, and he seemed to be in great shape when he was finally traded to Miami. And I view that same thing with, um, what's his name, Trevor Riza as well. Um, he he's actually been working out here in Miami throughout this whole thing. So, and if you see some of the pictures on Instagram with the trainers and all of them, he seems to be in great condition. And it's because of that, like, I personally can't wait to see this guy in a Heat uniform and see how, you know, how he's prepared himself throughout these past few months not being on an NBA court. So, you know, if you're a Heat fan out there and you're not really sure how to feel about having Trevor Riesa on your team... You know, expect some big results. You know, I'm very excited about it, especially for his defense, his defensive presence, because as you guys brought up, the dude can play amazing defense, and, you know, I can't help but think about that lineup we brought up earlier, where you got Avery Bradley, Jimmy, um, who else? Um, Of course, Bam, Ariza, and then Iguodala. You put all of them five on the floor, like... That's going to be something crazy to think about. And, you know, one thing I want to say is that Miami isn't done. You know, if anyone out there who thinks, oh, Pat Riley only got Trevor Ariza and now he's done. He's going to go back to sleep or whatever. That's not true. There's more to this. Who is Miami going to get? We're going to find out. But the idea that Miami is going to stop with just Trevor Ariza is beyond ridiculous. You know, Pat Riley, he has this blueprint set up. The same blueprint he had set up for when it was time to come up with the plan to eliminate Milwaukee last year. He's headed into that, heading into this trade deadline with the same mentality. But as you said, um, Flash, it's with a different team in Brooklyn, so. Now all Pat's doing is looking at his blueprint and seeing which other player he could put in the mix to help Miami compete with that Brooklyn Nets team come the playoff time. And because I bring this up, I do want to lead into the next question. Um, Who do you guys think is that next player for Miami to acquire if they are to compete with Brooklyn come playoff time? Who wants to start first? Angelina, why don't you start?
4: Okay, Um, caught me off guard there. Um, well, there's a lot of different players that we have in mind. Obviously, we have Rudy Gay, um, Lonzo Ball. We were talking about, what's his face, Boogie Cousins. You caught me off guard, man. I'm trying to, like, process all these people. I'm sorry.
0: Sorry, man.
4: Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those are all potential names. I think Kyle or I was in the conversation, too. There's just so many names. I can't think of them all right now. But there's a lot of different players that we could potentially bring to this team that could help benefit, benefit us offensively and defensively. And you can't just think about like what the players can do for the team. You have to think about how well they're going to work with the rest of the players, you know, like who, which player can benefit most from this player and how can they grow from like the players currently on this team? Like how can they adapt to their style? their playing like how they do things in Miami basically because different there's obviously everyone, every player in the NBA has a different playing style. Like each one stands out from the next. So you just have to, like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm sorry. It's just, I feel like our, a big name for us that would be beneficial to us maybe would be, obviously, Boogie Cousins because, you know, he has the offense. He has the defense. And there's already been a lot of talk about how he's already coming to Miami or he can potentially come to Miami. And there's one more person who I will not mention because I'm not sure if it's official yet, but just keep that in mind.
0: hmm Flash, what about you?
1: Right. I, I'm going I'm to keep saying it over and over and over till my dying breath on March 25th. Victor Oladipo. Depot. Yeah. He's right there. He just had 34 in a game.
0: Oh, bro. He
1: doesn't want to be there. Come on. Like, dude is what Miami needs he they need that score when when there's an offensive goal they need an extra set of hands for defense he's an elite defender he's so much better than these guards that we have he, he would automatically be the best defensive guard on the team like it's it's
0: really not that hard
1: to me I think earlier today or I forget, either today or yesterday, they, they were talking about uh, Woj. That he said that Miami is definitely not done, and that to keep an eye on San Antonio or Houston. So, I could. My dream scenario is somehow swinging, swinging Oladipo and getting to the buyout market for Marcus Aldridge. That's my dream scenario because I think it's it, it's just an awesome. Um, uh, awesome things we can do with those two guys. I know Kyle Riley's been in love with Lamarcus Aldridge forever. He had dinner with him when he had zero cap space just to talk with him. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was great. Uh, so, but come on, like I, I don't need I need I don't need to get into the how Lowry's or Rudy Gay's uh, these people meant Victor Oladipo, like. Open if and you shut. think about he, it, if we really wanted here,
4: him, we would have came here already. We would have gotten him if he wanted to be here so bad.
1: No, not not necessarily. I think Pat Riley waits to look at the entire landscape before making a deal. Yeah, he's. That's true. I, I'm surprised he made a deal this this much before the trade deadline. Yeah, he that's usually what I'm waits saying. until exactly. the day of or the day
4: before. He could have made that trade uh, to the Depot, but instead he did. Not complaining, though. Trevor Ariza is <laughs> a great addition to our team, but...
1: Mm-hmm. But he's under pressure. But Pat Riley was probably. Um, let's be honest. Pat Riley's probably under pressure. Sure, a lot of things to, teams to deal away right Myers now. Leonard. Not
4: to blame him, but no
1: mm-hmm. to deal away Myers Leonard.
4: Why is that such a big deal, though?
0: It's not that was probably you know. Um, but yeah, you know, real thing. You know, I not want to like get off topic with it. But you know, while we're still on the topic of all the depot, I mean. You know, I feel like we didn't get to give him as much hype in the last episode. So I just want to come out and say this. Um, You know, going back to what we said about Trevor Ariza, um, I heard this on the um, 5 on the Floor pod from 5 Reasons, and then 5 Reasons went out and brought this up in a tweet. You know, Trevor Ariza, when he was in Sacramento, dude wasn't really playing his best basketball. However, when he was sent to Portland, Things changed immediately. Bro was starting to bowl out there. And, you know, people want to say, you know what, Oladipo is this, Oladipo is that. I mean, like you said, he's managing to have good games in Houston. I feel like if you just simply put him in a place where he wants to play basketball at here in Miami, dude is going to bowl out. Like, I have high hopes in this dude that if he's put in the atmosphere he wants to be in, he's going to do as much as he can to succeed. So for people who go out there and they're like, oh, well, Depot isn't going to really do much. You know, always oh, injury prone. I feel like there's really more to it. Like there's more to the story. And if he was to come to Miami, we'd see more than just what you're hearing from the media. And that, I don't know, well, do I think he could play at an all-star level if he comes to Miami? I'm not gonna make a bold take and say definitely, but why not? Perhaps you know. So... That's like
4: going off what I said last time. You know, some players don't always gel well with their teammates, and it really just takes a trade or for them to go to another team to really work with different players in a different atmosphere and environment to really reach their full potential and play their best basketball. Exactly. You know, and, and there's people like...
1: trying to sell themselves on Kendrick Nunn. And I think, like, the gap is much closer than it is. There's a massive gap between Kendrick he's and massive. Victor Oladipo. Exactly. Massive Yeah. Massive. So I don't, I don't understand that. Oladipo it. not
4: putting up all these points just for them to go on an 18-game losing streak. Like, I feel so bad for him, honestly. He's like, like, he, he's like, win. At, he doesn't want to – he clearly doesn't want to stay in Houston. Houston's down so bad right now. I'm so sorry. He's scoring all those points. He's saying, look at me, Pat. Look at me. Look what I can do. <laughs> this is similar to Bradley Beal, like dropping like forty plus points just for them to lose. Yeah, I know it's off topic with wizards and all, but I it's mean, it's it's relevant if you really think about it. Like he drops all those points just for them to lose, and right, it's right. not fair to him difference, or the um or the team. So
0: differences, is, though, is that Bradley Beal likes to suffer. Bradley Beal
4: is a different breed.
0: Yeah, he just likes to suffer. I know my boy Oladipo doesn't want to suffer, so you know, we got you, Vic. You know we got your back, bro. He's, he's begging for please podcast.
1: end the suffering. He's, well he's saying please respect. end the suffering. Uh, I, honestly,
3: so I honestly, cool. can see Depot fitting better with the heat, with our scheme, and everything than maybe even a Bill. Just because Depot's better on defense, Depot can steal is the big score. If we decided to keep either one, Depot wouldn't be as expensive. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Depot is. Uh, is are they the same age or just? They're right around the same age. right? Or is Depot. I older? think Depot's twenty nine. I think he's a couple years older couple years older yeah i just like i know good really yeah. friends with jimmy and bam and depo is from here i and like uh whoever else earlier was saying i think with the new change of scenery especially people he's friends with and a team he wants to play for i think his numbers could only go up from what they are now and they're already excellent
4: and again they always say yeah, that and, 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 in the front office know when they spot a quote-unquote heat culture guy so it's like if they did if they really like I don't know how to put it into words, really, but if they they want Oladipo for a reason, not just because he's a great player. Well, that's like ninety five percent the reason why they want him. But the other five percent is he can he has like a great mentality. He can contribute a lot on and off the court. So it's just a matter of being a great team player and a great basketball player, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree um, with what you guys are saying. So looking at the available players and the realistic options, I do think right now. The probable, the most realistic, and best option for us is Depot. I just want to make sure that – I think this is part of what we were saying earlier. Let's just make it clear. Trevor Ariza acquisition has nothing to do with what our main targets are. It was just a move, hey, listen, we can get rid of nothing and get something. And so Pat Riley is going to do that every time. But going forward, um, right now we're in a little bit of a bind because a guy like Ola Depot He's actually he would actually help us on both sides of the ball, um, and I think you know someone said earlier, oh you know if we if we if he wanted to come here he'd be here. I can promise you Victor Oladipo wants to be here. So first off, funny funny tidbit, uh, my best friend that lives on Brickle in Miami actually saw Victor Oladipo over the off season coming out of the Chipotle in Brickle and he came out and he got into a like a like a nice van, and the back of the van had a heat license plate. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what was going on with that. But I will say he's he loves Miami. He lives there in the off season. Obviously, he's a guy that you know works really hard and wants to be surrounded with guys that do the same. So it's a perfect fit, um, personality wise. I just would hope, and I think what Riley's waiting on is you know in the beginning of the year when you trade for a guy like Oladipo, you're getting a full year out of him, and then you know you never know if, if he's going to resign or not. And so Houston at that point, the price was probably way higher for him. Uh, but obviously once you get to the deadline, a team like Houston, which is not going to the playoffs, I think they've lost like 11 in a row or some crazy shit. They're, you know, they're not going to the playoffs. 18. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and so now they're not going to the playoffs. He's a free agent. He's going to be gone after, you know, you know, two months, three months from now anyway. He's never applying for them again. So I, I think now the price naturally has depressed to the point where Pat Riley is probably going to pounce on him. Um, and I don't think he's going to have to give away too many assets, and I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, bringing in a guy that can play two way that well, you know, he's going to be a 30 plus minute a game guy. And I don't think at this point, if you're talking about value for price ratio, I don't think we're going to do any better. Um, you know, that being said, he is shooting under 40 percent right now in his games of Houston. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of messing around. You know, he's the only he's taking 19 shots a game. Um, so naturally, just by, you know, getting better looks and taking less shots here, that, that that'll go up. So I really like that option, and I hope we—I really hope we get that done. Um, but not, enough you know, I guess Plan B. I've heard you know a ton of names like a Lowry or you know like Alonzo Ball and just type types of guys like that. I think that the most likely option, even potentially more likely than Oladipo, is is what Clutch said, um, what Flash said. My apologies. <laughs> I think we're gonna go and, and go ahead and try to attack Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, you know, like we said earlier, you know, Pat Riley has, you know. He, he, he very few players have had the privilege of getting a, a, a you know private meeting with Riley where he dumps the rings on the table and you know we had like like we said before we had no cap so obviously Riley loves LaMarcus Aldridge and for good reason um, you know he's only averaging 13 and and a half points game yeah the respect is absolutely mutual so I think that you know I, I don't believe he's going to end up getting traded um, I think he is going to get bought out ultimately because his value just isn't great um, and I definitely can see you know. Even though you know, usually the buyout market teams, you know, you would expect like the Nets get another guy, maybe the Lakers or Clippers. But I think that a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge really would want to come here most, um, and, they, and I could they see also him.
3: Also, don't have the salary fillers in a trade. The big name contenders like that, they wouldn't be able to. He's probably going to get bought out because we're one of the few people that can afford to trade for him. Really he'd like to match
2: salaries in a trade, so I, I'm thinking he will get bought out. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. The math doesn't work with a lot of these teams. And I think we, we ended up, I think I saw a couple times, our, our offer was something like Harkless, Avery Bradley, and I don't even remember, just some other filler. Um, Myers Leonard. He was part yeah. of the dude. <laughs> there we go, Myers Leonard. So, I mean, I, I think that if that was our if that was what we were sticking at, um, we have all the leverage because he's going to end up getting bought out. So I think that Pat Riley will do the smart thing and wait, and then, you know, we could get, get a guy to... Probably come off the bench and play twenty five minutes a game, and you know provide scoring almost every night. And it would be a really refreshing; it would be very refreshing to see some Lamarcus Aldridge minutes take over some Calio minutes. If oh I do say so god. myself. Yes, heck
3: yeah. Oh god. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, be so
1: beautiful. you you mentioned this, huh? Uh, Pat Riley's like a lion. He's just he's just biding his time. He's waiting, waiting for the right time to strike. Just draw these players, and that goes for Depot and that goes for. Aldrich. he's waiting for that buyout, and he knows. Just like I said before, the respect is mutual. Best believe that he is not at the top; he's right there in the top three of the of
2: the teams he's going to be with.
0: Hmm. So then, real quick, moving forward, um, is there any other names that you guys want to bring up, real quick? Because I actually do want to get a game for us to play. So, any other names you want to talk about, or is it game time? Uh-
3: Got, I've got a couple um, – I know one that we haven't talked about or been brought up has been Harrison Barnes as a potential uh, target for us to go after. And also, I know you've heard this too, Joel, and said you didn't want to float it out there until you heard anything else. But I, I've read a few more things about people uh, saying stuff about Norman Powell, but I, I don't know if that's somebody we could get. But if we could, geez, he's on a, he's on a tear without uh, – you know, Toronto's kind of depleted and they're having to play him a lot, but he's on a tear. But uh, him or Barnes, I, I just those are two names that I hadn't heard. But other than that, I think everybody else that I've heard has been uh, addressed.
0: All right. So
3: the problems with Barnes is the years on those contracts. Yeah. Uh... I would rather spend the money elsewhere. Wait for somebody like, or use it on somebody like Collins, or wait for somebody else. I think. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. I think is just an older Barnes that is longer arms. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So then but aside from that, any other names or is it game time? I'll take the
4: silence the as
0: yep, I'll take the silence as a yes. So I broke the silence, Don't
4: worry, no worries I got you.
0: <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into this game. So earlier today I posted a tweet. I said, let's see who can see the future. Drop a trade you think the heat is gonna do. Come the trade deadline and we'll look back to see if you can get it on the nose now. I Got a few interesting responses to this so because of that we're gonna do something fun today, and I call it drum roll, please We're gonna do something called grade that trade so the way how this works is that these people put some random trades, um, ideas, and we're gonna look into it, and y'all are gonna give me your takes on it. Some of them are very intriguing, so um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't are wait. They, to are these on
3: Twitter, Joe?
0: Yeah. So yeah, this was. From <laughs> are you going to attach
1: news? the names to these trades?
0: Oh yeah, I won't attach names to this because some of these trades are wild. So let's get started <laughs> with the homeboy Victor <laughs> Oledipo. So someone posted that Miami should acquire Victor Oladipo, but Houston should get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and Casey Akpala. How are we grading that trade?
2: I don't I don't really like that trade, to be honest. C-. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's <laughs>
4: terrible.
2: I'm giving that yeah, I'm giving that around a C, maybe C minus, only because I mean we're gonna need Avery Bradley and, and Kelly O. I mean, maybe not Kelly-O, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that's a, that's a lot of value to give up, and I do think there's there's probably better ways to acquire Oladipo. Um, I would love to keep Bradley if possible, so I think that's kind of why I give it a C.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said
2: Bradley, then and KZ. Yeah,
4: for Oladipo.
1: I mean, <laughs> I, I might have the unpopular take here. That's an A plus for the Heat. What, what did he say? For, for the for the Houston Rockets, that's awful. Because I mean. I'm 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 oh, sorry, a, but that's an A plus. That's an
0: a plus I mean, for I the E. So. Wow. Okay. What are you giving
2: up? You're giving up
1: Kelly O'Linick. He stinks. You're giving up KZ. He doesn't play. He's he doesn't play consistent offensive minutes. And then Avery Bradley, you're getting the same thing, maybe a notch a notch down in defense from Victor Oladipo than you're getting from Avery Bradley. Plus all the scoring. That's an easy i I'm sorry. That's an easy A plus. For the Heat, that's an F for the Houston Rockets.
0: Okay.
1: I I, I kind I mean,
4: looking I kinda, back at it. It says six decreased predicted wins for um for the Rockets and then p- plus six decrease. I mean increased wins for the Heat. So I mean, I guess well, that's, just cause like, up, that's just because we're giving
2: up. That's just because we're giving up three for one. Those those are never kind of accurate. Yeah. The the projected wind thing is kind of broken. Yeah.
4: Oh well. Either way, I mean. yeah.
3: Uh, I give it. I give that trade like a B minus. I'd probably give it a a B plus if if I would rather. Would y'all rather if maybe we could do like maybe a Nun and a Kelly or a Nun and a Casey I'd rather like give
4: up players play.
3: because I believe Oladipo would take Nun's place. So I'd like to see Nun somewhere in that. Um, as far as Bradley being in it, I mean, Oladipo kind of replaces Nun and Bradley in the guard rotation, kind of. I mean pretty much. So I mean
0: I mean uh, I'm not sure. I mean I love this. I mean y'all literally picked a different grade. I mean you got clutch I mean you got flash giving this an A you got um Jimmy Buckets giving this a B, Wild giving this a C, and then Antoena giving this a D minus. So... I said a C minus, not a D minus. Oh, I, I
4: didn't D- say D minus. I said C minus, C-, hey. C. range. Hey. What are hey, you listen
1: though. listen, though, you're talking about, you, we talked about this closing lineup situation with, uh, we, we talked about Avery Bradley, Trevor Reza, A.G. Bam, Jimmy. Take out Avery Bradley and put Victor Oladipo in there. Come on.
4: I mean, if you really think about it, you can give him filler players that would equal Avery Bradley. Like by saying, like, what I mean, you can put Mo Harkless and Chris Silva in that trade to re- replace them. Like, get rid of players that we don't really need. You know? Okay, like, but Houston,
1: Houston isn't gonna take our garbage. That's just the, the fact of the situation. They're not gonna take our garbage. They're gonna take value because I know this is a trade deadline and the value is down.
4: it's a W. It's a W for the Heat and an L for Houston because we're giving them our leftovers.
1: Yes, and exactly. you're trying to you're trying to get us to you're trying to get us to add more leftovers. And no, I'm just Houston trying to get us that, to add more They're one not player player
4: that equal The value of one player. That's all I'm saying.
3: Houston, Houston already got fleeced once on this Harden deal, which involved Peduto. Yeah, so I don't know if they want to get fleeced again. And also, they did try to include. I heard either Duncan or, or Hero uh, for Tucker, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I know, oh, know you want saw to give up Hero and
4: Robinson. That's unheard of. Oh my gosh.
3: Yeah, they they were trying to they were trying to get one of them for Tucker. So I mean i I could only imagine what they're gonna try to ask for for But the clock is ticking. So
0: so yeah. But you know, let's now get into the next one. I love that um, dialogue y'all had going, Flash and Angelina. I love how y'all was really getting into that one. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> I personally am not a big fan of this trade, but let me see what you guys think about this one. And this is another Oladipo trade. Miami gets Victor Oladipo, and Houston gets Duncan Robinson and Andre Iguodala.
2: F-. F-.
4: Straight
2: F-. You don't, F- you don't hold off. We, we, one of the reasons, apparently, we didn't get Harden was because we didn't want to include Duncan. So if we just include him now for all the depot, it seems pretty silly. And, you know, we need Duncan just as bad as we need anyone on this team. Like, if we're going to get back to the finals, we need him playing at a high level and stretching out the Ds. So, yeah. Hey, that, wh-
1: whoever, made, whoever made that trade scenario, Miami Clutch P on Twitter, we got to have a conversation.
0: <laughs> so we so are we just giving this an F minus, or does anyone have a different? Throw, throw
4: the whole trade away. Throw it away. That it, Jimmy, the, that's, that's, that's got <laughs> No, that's
3: got that's god awful. That's god awful.
4: All
0: right,
3: J-
4: Jimmy Buckets has no take. I feel like on I feel awful. like it could have been it's a joke, awful. but at the same time,
1: not a joke. Wait, that's not even an F. I'm sorry, that's like in class you get a zero. That's not
4: <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher just rips up your work and throws it away.
3: You get in-school detention
4: for that one. <laughs>
0: no, you hand the
3: you, you hand the paper back to them. You hand the paper
1: back to them and make them redo
0: it. Sure, y'all roasting the heck out of it. See, this is why I said I was not.
4: Gonna at least we're not name. adding them. At least we're not. Adding yeah, at them. least we don't have a name.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joel, I might ask you for the name later, but that's something. That's another conversation.
0: <laughs> All right. So the next one for Kyle Lowry. Someone asks if we could trade him, I mean we could trade for him, and in return we give. Olenek, Bradley, none, and a second-round pick. What do we feel about that?
2: Uh, that's a, that's a That's a great trade right there. But, I mean, Toronto...
4: B-plus, A-minus.
2: Kyle Lowry is such a Toronto guy, and I know there's talks of him getting moved, but I don't think they're in the, They're not in the business of trading him for a bunch of garbage. Not, not saying that that package was straight garbage, but... I mean i i just don't see that actually being an executed trade but if we could do it that's a that's a big a plus
4: mm-hmm. i give that like a b plus a minus in my opinion
1: yeah i'll stick to a b plus uh, it, it's a solid it's a solid trade
0: all right and then what about you jimmy
4: A reasonable
0: trade
3: yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm b plus a on that if, if they would do it i know they just came out and said that they're not trading lowry and he's not in talks but the few days before the trade deadline is always smoke screens here, smoke screens there. So you never know. Um, but yeah, that's a good yeah, trade. That sounds exactly
2: like what a team that would that would be trading him would say. Like, of yeah, course exactly, they're going right. to
3: yeah. Oh, we're not moving Chris Ball. Oh.
1: <laughs> CP3. We're not moving Ben Simmons, but yet they offered Ben Simmons.
3: Houston's so, Houston, silly. And Houston's gonna end up with absolutely uh, nothing.
0: Alright, let's let's keep it going. So some of these trades, honestly are unrealistic. Like some of them have Miami offering like literally a bag of chips. Like yeah some of these people really <laughs> uh, let's let's hear this one out real quick. I don't know. Well, you know what, maybe this one might work. Um this one seems okay, this one I'm reading, perhaps. Uh so you got the Spurs. They're acquiring Kelly Olynyk and Mo Harkless, and then you got Miami, who's receiving Rudy Gay and Luka Semancic. That's an A plus.
1: Yeah, you're getting rid of Kelly Olynyk. That's an A plus, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Mo Harkless. Come on now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Man pops in
4: every now and then it's like oh yeah I still play for this team I feel like whenever we, they put Mo Harkless in everyone's like whoa Mo Harkless is playing because it's like so unheard of that like he's actually like on the court doing something productive for the team but yeah, yeah. I feel like That's- just getting rid of filler players in general is just like good for me yeah. because it removes space on the bench for potential players that could actually benefit something to this team so that trade is like an A yeah no, San Antonio doesn't do that though no, in my opinion like a- they don't do
0: that Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, is is this something...
3: I think they value Semantic too much. They they drafted him for a reason. He's a good
2: player. He'll be a good player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is good. And also, like, maybe I'm in the popular opinion. I I don't think the Spurs would do that trade, but I also don't love, love it for the Heat. Um, Rudy Gay is still good. He seems a little bit duplicative now that we got Trevor Ariza. They seem like very similar players. And and then when you already... You know, we're already talking about having Iggy. You know, Rudy Gay is probably the best shooter of the three. So that's intriguing. But I think if, if we were to trade Kelly for Rudy Gay, it would have to accompany another move that brings in another big man. Not that I'm, you know, in love with Kelly O, but he does play the role of, you know, when Bam's on the bench, he's the five. And we don't have anyone else on the roster. I mean, maybe Precious, but I, don't, I wouldn't trust him with big minutes in the, in the playoffs. So if we were to do that, we'd have to bring in someone else. Um, I think someone earlier mentioned Boogie, Boogie Cousins. I- I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very anti-Boogie Cousins guy. Used to love him actually. He's my he's one of my favorite players ever. Uh, but the man is shot, and he he is shot, shot. Like I don't know if you guys are watching too much of Houston's Houston's games this year, but you know they would torch Demarcus Cousins on the pick and roll. He he can't move laterally at all anymore. Um, so he's he's a bigger liability on defense, believe it or not, than Kelly O is. So, I mean, we would have to have a secondary move if we were going to do that to bring in a big man. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Dedman, free agency.
0: Right. Yeah. Some of these trades that are being shown to be, I mean, some of these are unrealistic, specifically because. Because, some, like I said, some of these um, trade um ideas are really unrealistic. I mean, someone put Depot for Bradley and KZ. I mean. You know, there's a thing called salary, y'all. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but yeah, that's not gonna work. You no, know, maybe if we could try trading KZ for LeBron, perhaps. But we'll we'll talk about that in another episode. Anyways, so here's a really good one. I feel like this might get an A from all of you guys. You got Kendrick Nunn, Moe Harkless, and Kelly Olynyk for Victor Oladipo. What do we think?
4: A plus scholarship. <laughs> Yay! Yay! You did it. That guy did
1: it. Yeah, it's it's a all around. Maybe if you, I will be okay adding maybe a second, a couple
3: seconds in there. I'm good. Okay. That that guy that guy wins a guest spot on the next T versus the World podcast. That's
0: a hey. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to you, i Sosa Biscayne Bam because you actually did a trade we all liked. We are gonna give you that shout out. Like, yeah. You know, we don't we don't gotta hide you from anything. Unlike someone else yeah. like that guy you know who you are
4: reading from all of us then they I,
0: the I remember you <laughs> <laughs> anyways so with that being said thank you all for tuning in to grade that trade we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode so now that that's over we're back to heat versus the world so now we're back to heat versus the world and we're finished the episode of grade that trade is there anything else we should talk about or are we ready to call this an episode?
4: I just got one more thing to say. Jim VP. Jim VP. Welche-
2: Jim VP. Jim VP. Jim VP. Keep spreading the, the, the Jimi MVP We are MVP starting a campaign for Jimmy Butler
4: to win the most push, valuable player NBA award.
2: Push the narrative.
1: Keep pushing the narrative. Ride this train until the tracks fall off.
4: Spread, oh. this, spread this freaking campaign like Rona. Come on now. Word, <laughs>
0: whoa, that's
4: that's
0: why. Wow, comparison. Hey man, okay.
1: Uh, but you gotta, you gotta, hey, you gotta push this train. You gotta push this narrative. Choo true. You know, choo, push this train. Choo. Word words, word to my boy Brandon Tobin from Seven Ninety. He knows what I'm talking about. Push this narrative. Jim, v, shout uh, up to get Tobin.
0: All right. So with that being said, it looks like we covered everything. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. For more Heat vs. The World content, follow us on Twitter at Heat vs. The World underscore. And if you ever see someone walking down the street, go up to them and tell them that Jimmy Butler is going to be the MVP this season. Aside from that, thank you all for tuning in. Have a good day, and we'll see you guys next time with the brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. The World podcast, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.